as if a dream, the mountain. Shatapar Vajrik, the controller of the thunderbolt Indra. Translation. At that time, the Lord of the Universe, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who was the well-wisher of all living entities, will descend and kill them, just as Indra smashes the mountains with his thunderbolts. Please repeat. At that time. At that time. So at that time, what is so we really need to know what's the previous verses. Uh, Kashyap has been predicting what kind of sons is going to come from her womb because of the illicit sex. So uh, let me just read a few verses leading up. So 38, this is 41. So 38, 39, 40, Kashyap is, is revealing the consequences of their illicit sex, although he's putting it on her and she's trying to get out of it. And it's a whole conditioned soul blinking. So on 30, back on 38, the learned Kashyapa said, because of your minds being polluted, this is after they uh, had intercourse at the wrong time, because of your minds being polluted, because of defilement of the particular time, interesting, time and energy of Krishna, and they defiled the time, they violated the time, they uh, ignored the inauspicious time, so it's an offense, there's consequences. Because of the defilement of the particular time, because of your negligence of my directions, he's putting it all on her, and because of your being apathetic to the demigods who are controlling all these things, like in uh, what is it, 331 1. Uh, what's the last famous verse? You know, we take for uh, not by our own independent choice, but our deeds have consequences, and then higher authorities determine what we deserve. Not what we desire, but what we deserve. So, he says, your negligence, uh, and, and you're being apathetic, you don't care about the higher authorities. Everything was inauspicious, Bishop says. And then in 40, or 39, he said, oh, haughty one, you're too proud, right? Pride goes before the fall and uh, destruction before a haughty spirit, says in Proverbs, Old Testament. So, O haughty one, you will have two contemptuous sons. Totally horrible sons. Uh, born of your condemned womb. Unlucky woman, you will cause they will they will cause constant lamentation to all the three worlds. Exclamation point. And then yesterday's verse that Brahma did, they will kill poor, faultless living entities, torture women, and enrage the great souls. So please repeat. At that time. At that time, the Lord of the Universe, the Lord of the Universe, the Supreme Personality of God, the Supreme Personality of God, who is the well wisher of all living entities, who is the well wisher of all living entities, will descend and kill them. Will descend and kill them. 
just as Indra smashes the mountains, just as Indra smashes the mountains with his thunderbolts. With his thunderbolts. So that's what went before. Shilpapa's purport. As stated in Bhagavad Gita 4.8, the Lord descends as an incarnation to deliver the devotees and kill the miscreants. The Lord of the universe and of everything would appear in order to kill the sons of Diti because of their offending the devotees of the Lord. There are many agents of the Lord, such as Indra, Chandra, Varuna, Goddess Durga, and Kali, who can chastise any formidable miscreants in the world. The example of mountains being smashed by a thunderbolt is very appropriate. The mountain is considered the most strongly built body within the universe. Interesting, a bike. We just think of it as some inert object for us to regard or to this point, whether you're an environmentalist or you're a materialist. It's really all about uh, us being the center. So, smashed, so it's considered the most strongly built body. It's a, it's, it's a body. That means there's something in the body that, that, that's, uh, uh, that has some destinies, that has some consciousness. I used to live at Giganagri, as many of you know. So, when you're going to Giganagri, you get off, uh, if you're flying, you, you fly into Harrisburg. Pennsylvania, the capital of Pennsylvania. And then you go up uh, eventually to the uh, 83, 283, then 322 is the main artery from uh, Harrisburg to Gidenagri. And then before you get to Port Royal, Pennsylvania exit, you come to a little town called Dauphin, just before Dauphin, Dauphin, PA. And it's, it's right where it where the Susquehanna River is very close to the town. So you, you come on 322, and then just where the road, the highway bends to go into Dauphin, there's the river, and then um, uh, there's all along this river front, there's the Allegheny Mountains. And then so, so but when you hit that bend, this is your turn. The mountain right across the river from 322. When Prabhupada came to Gita in July 15, 1976, is when he only visit there just for the afternoon and he stayed overnight and he drove back the next morning to New York City. Uh, he saw that mountain. <laughs> and this is Prabhupada classic. He looked at the mountain and he said, That mountain flew there. <laughs> And the devotees are, well, so uh, formerly, <laughs> I don't know if they still fly. I haven't seen any mountains flying lately, <laughs> except in mm-hmm. Disney cartoons or whatever. But, uh, but uh, I just remarked, yeah. Okay, so we take it. Prophet said, we take it. <laughs> how again, how the flu would be on? Just like I tell the story of uh, when Prabhupada came to Dallas, and this is before DFW was built, it was just Love Field. And then they 
the Azure product from the airplane right into this VIP room in the Dallas airport. It's still there, but they still use a lot of VIP. Um, and then I, I, I tell the story of how Prabhupada, they ushered him into the VIP room and then there was this dais, raised seat serving as an asana. And without any preliminaries, Prabhupada just leaned into the microphone and said, So, there are three ways to fly. <laughs> there are three ways to fly. You know, there's Prabhupada started talking about mantra, pigeon, and machine. Right. Anyway, the rest of the story is history, but uh, so Prabhupada would just drop these things, you know, he would just let drop <laughs> these nuggets. And uh, formerly yogis knew how to ride on mantra and uh, pigeon, and then there was it's the word in Bhagavatam is kopota, which is some kind of bird that actually can carry humans, you know, from place to place, like a magic carpet or something. Yeah, and then the Dallas Morning News lady. So, Swami, if you know these different ways to fly, then why don't you fly American Airlines today? Because <laughs> that's what she had in mind. Because that's what they want to do. They want to, they want to get a story. <laughs> Trip up the viewers of the week. Without missing a beat, Prabhupada said, Do we want with you? <laughs> and she was totally disarmed and, and charmed. And she turned to me and she said, You know, I like that man. <laughs> He's real. No problem, let that drop. Um, and where am I? Built body. The mountain is considered the most strongly built body within the universe. What's the biggest mountain? Do you know the mountains? Well, that's true in the Gita. Stavaranam Himalaya, of the non-moving, of the Stavara Himalaya, movable things in the Himalayas. But earlier, what did he say? Oh, Mount Meru. Yes, Meru, Nama, the Shikha, that we have a Shikha, you know, we say Sika, but Shikha, that's the topmost part of the head, except when you get old and it travels down to your neck. That's what I saw about the head. That will travel down to the back of his neck. Meru Shikarinama, of mountains I am Meru. So, the mountain is considered the most strongly built body within the universe, yet it can be easily smashed by the arrangement of the Lord. I told the story of, uh, of, a, of a lightning bolt knocking me into a window. In Vrindavan, we were living in a, a little shack in 71 summer, and Prabhupada stayed there the next year, 72 August. But, uh, you know, no rainwater and, and just smoky old fireplace. That was the stove. <laughs> and then one day there was a thunderstorm. There were a lot of storms because up in the West Virginia hills, it attracts, you know, rain and thunder and lightning. So this lightning bolt hit this tree right near the house, right by the well where we used to draw the water. And it was so powerful that it just, I was standing right outside the window and just it, the force of it just knocked me in. I just sort of jumped in, you know, just I jumped into the window. So what to speak of, uh, you know, Indra himself was controlling all these energies 
by Chris's direction. He's, that's his job. He's one of the managers in the universe. And it's like personally like this. Yeah. Yet it can be easily smashed by the arrangement of the Lord. So he deputes it. He delegates, you know, to these devas that Prabhupada mentions, Indra, Chandra, Varuna, Das, Durga, Kali. The Supreme Personality of Godhead does not need to descend in order to kill any strongly built body. He comes down just for the sake of his devotees. Everyone is subject to the miseries offered by material nature, but because the activities of miscreants, such as killing innocent people and animals or torturing women, are harmful to everyone and are therefore a source of pain for the devotees, the Lord comes down. So devotees are naturally uh, unhappy when people are unhappy. Sometimes when reporters would ask Papa, why have you come? I have come, uh, or no, that's the wrong question. Uh, what, what's the purpose of this movement? The purpose is to help everyone become happy. Sometimes Papa would say that. Sade, sukino, avantu, that's a very bad person. Let everyone be happy. Um, so devotees are naturally, we're naturally uh, sorry, you know, when the world is so messed up, and we want to do something about it, but we want to do the best things, part of it, we want the best welfare work, not just make some solution that will perpetuate the problem, make more problems. So devotees are dukkha dukhi, he's, he's, uh, he's unhappy by the unhappiness of others. Whereas in lowering material consciousness, it's just the opposite. It's like somebody dies and then somebody says, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. But maybe they're really thinking, ha, ah, you deserved it. You know, that's, or that's material consciousness. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, said, uh, a materialist, if, if you're happy, he's unhappy. Or actually, he's taking Papa. Papa was quoting, "If you're happy, if you're happy, I'm unhappy. And if you're happy, if, if you're unhappy, I'm happy. This is the this is the envy that makes the world go around. It's so unfortunate. So when it gets too bad, such as killing people, innocent, you know, torturing women, harmful to everybody, the Lord comes down. Papa says." He descends only to give relief to his ardent devotees. So he's really coming for people who are really turning to him. The killing of the miscreants by the Lord is also, did it say miscreants? Yes. Yes, there we go. That's in general, but there's two coming out of that womb soon. Is also, the killing of the miscreant by the Lord is also the mercy of the Lord towards the miscreant although apparently the Lord takes the side of the devotee. Since the Lord is absolute, there is no difference between his activities of killing the miscreants and favoring the devotees. It's like battlefield of Kurukshetra, biggest bloodbath in the history of the world. 640 million people died in 18 days. That's half the population of India in less than three weeks. Just got wiped out. And that's one big reason why our Jiva didn't want to fight. All these men who were the, the husbands, the fathers, the sons, the brothers, 
Bill will be dead, and then the ladies will be unprotected, and it'll be exploited by unscrupulous people. And the population from that combination is going to really ruin the world. But uh, Arjuna's compassion was misplaced because who was talking to him? Who was he facing? He was facing Krishna, who never does harm to anybody because, for example, those people in the battlefield, they were all killed, so they were liberated. They were just futilely, futilely killed, but they were, they were freed from the, the karmic momentum, the trajectory. So, so, interestingly enough, the reason I chose to bring in my laptop this morning is because, you know, you go on the database and it has capability to go, like, the purport started, let me just say, Om Jnana Timurandasya, Jnana Mirasarakaya, Sakshari Maritanti, Namaha. I was born in the darkest ignorance, and my spiritual master is opening my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I often have a special relationship to him. And the first line of the purport, Prabhupada, he starts referring to the Gita. As stated in Bhagavad Gita 4.8, so if you're in the database and you just click on 4.8, and it goes right to 4.8. So it's nice. So who knows 4.8? It's the second verse of the companion. It's not Yada Yada, so it's the next one. Means <coughs> to deliver. To deliver the pious and the light in this case, as well as reestablish principles of religion. I myself appear. I don't send. I don't delegate it. I come myself. Appear. Millennium after millennium. Yuga, yuga. Yuga after yuga. And Krishna sends, he comes in so many avatars just to help the situation when it gets too bad. Okay, let's look at the purport. Because this, uh, this, there's more information about what Prabhupada just said. Krishna, he comes and he kills demons and he saves. He comes actually to, for the pleasure of the devotee. So let's see how Prabhupada talks about that in the verse, which describes that. According to Bhagavad Gita, a sadhu, holy man, is a man of Krishna consciousness. A person may appear to be irreligious, but if he has the qualifications of Krishna consciousness, holy and fully, he is to be understood to be a sadhu. A dushritam applies to those who do not care for Krishna consciousness. Such miscreants, or dushritam, are described as foolish and the lowest of mankind. Even though they may be decorated with mundane education, whereas a person who is 100% engaged in Krishna consciousness is accepted as a sadhu. Even though such a person may be neither learned nor well-cultured in their wide background. As far as the atheistic are concerned, it is not necessary for the Supreme Lord to appear, Prophet saying it again, but now he's going to talk about it more. Uh, it is not necessary for the Supreme Lord to appear as he is, to destroy them, as he did with the demons, Ravana and Kamsa. The Lord has many agents who are quite competent to vanquish demons. 
but the Lord especially descends to appease his unalloyed devotees who are always harassed by, if you're British, harassed, harassed by the demoniac. The demon harasses a devotee, even though the latter may happen to be his kin. And then Prabhupada goes right to the Leela, we're just about, we're just about to enter. Although Prahlad Maharaj was the son of Hiranyakashipu, he was nonetheless persecuted by his father. Although Devaki, the mother of Krishna, was the sister of Kamsa, she and her husband Vasudev were persecuted only because Krishna was to be born of them. So Lord Krishna appeared primarily to deliver Devaki rather than kill Kamsa. But both were performed simultaneously. Therefore, it is said here that to deliver the devotee and vanquish the demon miscreants, the Lord appears in different incarnations. So he does, you know, Krishna's very clever. He can do many things. He can, he's, he can really multitask. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> so if you do more than one thing, the quality gets... And vanquish them. The Lord appears in different incarnations. In the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita of Krishna Das Kaviraj, the following verses summarize these principles of incarnation. And there's in Bengali, and the translation is quote, The avatar or incarnation of Godhead descends from the kingdom of God for material manifestation, and the particular form of the personality of Godhead, who so descends is called an incarnation, more accurately, avatar. Such incarnations are situated in the spiritual world, the kingdom of God, all these avatars. Can you imagine? Yuga, uh, Manvantara, what, Leela, this, um, yeah, they, they all have their own places. Yeah. Such incarnations are situated in the spiritual world, the kingdom of God. When they descend to the material creation, they assume the name Avatar. It's a good, it's a good buzzword, right? Ever since that movie, mm -hmm. they use that a lot because people know that's one of the words that have passed into the language, like yoga, mantra, Avatar. There are various kinds of avatars, such as Purush avatars. You know the Purush avatars, huh? They're the, they're the first ones. The ones that create the whole place. No, not progenitors, that's later. That's Guna avatars. The Purushas are. Yeah. First, Maha exudes and breathes out the universes and entering to each one as Garbo. Because each one is different. And so each Garbo is different. And then Expands further as, yeah, and every animist, I think you see the one. He's, as I heard Saul Prabhupada say in LA, he's bigger than the biggest and smaller than the smallest. There are various kinds of avatars, such as Purushalash, and you can read, this is a chapter in TLC, you can read it, it's called The Avatars. It's all about all these avatars. Purush avatars, Gun avatars, Leela avatars, Shakyaresh avatars. That's my father. That was yesterday. 
Mandra avatars, all the manus, there's 14 manus in the day of Brahma, they're like big administrators, so they're, they're avatars too. And yuga avatars, Mahaprabhu. Of course, he's the avatari, he's the source of all the avatars, he's a special yuga avatar. All appearing on schedule, all over the universe. Why is he on schedule? He didn't have to, what's Krishna? He didn't have to be on schedule. <laughs> well, there's different reasons, but one is so we can read, we, he's in the, the Shastra. The Shastra talks about the ones that are on schedule, you know, the major ones. So we can, when somebody's a real avatar, he's, he's mentioned in the Shastras. Validating. Hmm? Validating. Yeah, Guru Sadhu Shastra, right? All appearing on schedule, all over the universe. But Lord Krishna is the primeval Lord. What's the Parivasa Sutra, 1328, Yeah, this is right at the end of the list of some major avatars. And then Sutta says, all these incarnations, the reader portion, plenary portions, or portions of the plenary portions of the Supreme Lord. But, the one that I mentioned, Krishna and Balaram, or Krishna, he's the uh, Swayam, he's the original Supreme Personality. Yeah. Lord Sri Krishna descends for the specific purpose, purpose of mitigating the anxieties of the pure devotees. That's where the God comes. He hates to see the devotees suffering. And from day one, so this, even before, when Krishna came, there was trouble, right? Kamsa, a carry Kamsa across the river. <laughs> That's significant because the devotee, he's, uh, he's in Karantalas, and Krishna's allowing him to save him. Well, Krishna's saving everybody by coming. So Krishna depends on the devotees. This is now his tying in with right now here. He's Krishna's can he's worth your time, he's counting on us to help him distribute the fruits of love of God. And he said, I can't do it myself. Of course he can do it himself. I need your help. You got so many books here, so much for some <laughs> many hands make light work. Wanna help me out here? <laughs> okay. Um but Lord Krishna is the primeval Lord, the fountainhead of all of the time. Lord Sri Krishna descends for the specific purpose of mitigating the anxieties of the pure devotees who are very anxious to see him in his original Vrindavan pastimes. Therefore, the prime purpose of the Krishna avatar is to satisfy his unalloyed devotees. So, yeah, like what prompted this whole where we are now is this Uddhava asking my trade. So, Okay, so Lord Krishna came as a boar, Varaha, Sukura Rupa, to lift the earth. But I also heard he fought with the demon, so with that demon who now feared that his orbit. So what's that all about? And so now we're hearing, you know, we're finally about just about getting to the appearance of Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakashipu. The Lord says that he incarnates himself in every millennium. This indicates that he incarnates also in the age of Kali. So, Prabhupada, Lord Chaitanya is saying about the Bhakti is 
putting in a little word for Lord Chaitanya because it's where we are. Kali Yuga. As stated in the Srimad Bhagavatam, the incarnation in the age of Kali is Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He's the Yuga Avatar. And as uh, I like to say, when you go to Mayapur and you see those gigantic Panchataka Devis, you really know this is the Yuga Avatar. <laughs> so huge. Yeah. And they're so ecstatic, just inviting everybody, the whole world. Yes. Who spread the worship of Krishna by the Sankirtan movement, congregational chanting of the holy names, and spread Krishna consciousness throughout India. He predicted that this culture of Sankirtan would be broadcast all over the world, from town to town and village to village. Actually, today is the, the Abhubhav, the appearance day of Lochandas Thakur who uh, wrote the uh, Chaitanya Mangala predicting, or Lord Chaitanya predicted Prabhupada from nice lore, Sayyapati Bhakta. I was send lore, it's somebody who will go all over the world because all these miscreants are going to flee all over the world, but lore, Sayyapati Bhakta, he's going to capture them, he's going to deliver them. He predicted that this culture of Sankirtan would be broadcast all over the world, from town to town and village to village. Lord Chaitanya, as the incarnation of Krishna, the personality of Godhead, is described secretly. So it's called Chaitanya Avatar. It's hidden. Secretly, but not directly in the confidential parts of the revealed scriptures, such as the Upanishads, Mahabharata and Mahalopana. The devotees of Lord Krishna are very much attracted by the Sankirtan movement of Lord Chaitanya. This avatar of the Lord does not kill the miscreants, but delivers them by his causeless mercy. So, Lord Chaitanya and Shiva Prabhupada are asking us not to pick up the gun, but pick up the name and broadcast the name. And in Harinam and Shintamani, we get a glimpse of how merciful the name is from Bhaktivinoda Thakur. It's like even if people chant, even if they're making fun of us, or just, or they're just mocking the name, that's, that's, they still get some uh, punya, transcendental punya there. They're, they're, they're Sukriti, that's what I'm trying to say. It's, they're already, he's getting prepared to become devotees. And we have so many stories of devotees who say, yeah, I used to throw a snowball at them or curse them out. And, <laughs> and then it happened. So the, this avatar of the Lord is not killed the miscreants, but delivers them by his causeless mercy. And now, in the day of base, that's just online. You're on the day of base, right? Okay. Yeah, this is the okay. So then if you click on and right after that last sentence of the purport, then there's another uh, last sentence you said? It's it's four eight. Oh yeah, it's right here. Okay. So then go to the end. Of the I'll go to oh, this one? No, no, yeah, that's right, you're right. <laughs> and then go down all the way 
pastimes. Therefore, the prime purpose of the Krishna avatar, you know, once you take a problem that avatar, is to satisfy his unwilling devotees. So, we don't have the database. I don't work with the database. I'm not getting a commission on this, but it's worth every penny. Because <laughs> you get these really neat uh, links and you get more and more information. So, I just want to end before question and answer um, by saying, I think I may have said it, the rest of the chapter. Oh, no. Right, the first. So, this is Kashyapa. I gotta go back now. So, again, today's verse, Kashyapa is, is delivering the final consequence of the illicit sex. At that time, when these uh, demons that are going to be born of this our combination, at that time, the Lord of the universe, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who was the well-wisher of all living entities, will descend and kill them, just as Indra smashes the mountains with his thunderbolts. So this is Kashyapa's final pronouncement of, of, of the unfortunate consequences of their illicit sex. When she's trying to you know, put all on her, and she's trying to appeal to him, look, uh, I'm related to Lord Shiva by marriage. You're a great devotee of Lord Shiva, my dear husband, Kashyapa. Just, can you pray to Lord Shiva that, excuse me, I'm a fallen woman, you know. And he's trying to put it all on her. <laughs> so, but for the rest of the chapter, believe it or not, the whole Leela is going to take a very auspicious turn. Because right in the seed of this translation, something auspicious has happened. He will descend and kill them. Now, if you're killed by the Lord, what a way to go. Right? It's great. And, and, DT responds like that. You'll see starting in the next verse. What? He's the Lord's going to personally kill my sons? First he was saying, look, spare him. Can you please appeal to Lord Shiva? He might burn my sons to ashes in the womb. He might kill them in the womb. But now she's hearing that they're going to be killed by the Lord. Okay, this is great. The Lord is so kind because she knows that it's going to be really good for his sons if they're personally killed by the Lord. And then and then Kashyapa, he's it's remarkable how she is responding. He's, he says, well, I don't want to give it away for the next, but he, he's going to be very pleased with how she's responded. And he's going to say, because you responded like this, you have such faith in the Lord and you have and you know Lord, you have faith in Lord Shiva and you have faith in me actually. That I'm the one that's saying all this, and you, you have faith in my words. You're, you're one of your sons. He's going to have a son who is going to be a great, great devotee. And of course, this is the lot. So it's taking a completely auspicious turn, the holy lot. And then the next chapter is uh, going back further how those sons came to in that womb. Uh, because there were gatekeepers in Vaikuntha, but then he got cursed by the Kumara. 
So and then we get this amazing description of the kingdom of God. We don't find in any scripture anywhere. Not in the Abrahamic scriptures or the Buddha sutras or anything. We get this incredible description. So, so uh, it's been pretty heavy, this whole Lila and the, and the, and the things. But you're going to see the whole thing starting to get sunny now. Okay. Prabhu. I have somewhat of an abstruse question. Um, one might infer from that purport to Bhagavad Gita 4 8 that the Purusha avatars also have their own planets in the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> because of the statement he makes that all those incarnations have their planets. And then he immediately mentions the Purusha avatars. Yeah. I cannot recall encountering any other information about the Purusha avatars having planets, Vaikuntha planets. Do you know anything about that? Does anybody have a, an original Indian Bhagavatam? It's got a sort of a dust jacket, right? You see all these, and they're names, right? Uh, well, we know from what Prabhupada said in the Gita, other Gita purports that. Super soul is not uh, doesn't have an eternal planet. Right, he's one of the Yeah, I want to speak of Mahavishnu. Who breathes out universes? He just lies. He's uh, an expansion of Krishna. Oh, he's an expansion of the, the quadruples. He's of the second quadruple. He he lies down in in a corner, a corner of infinity, right? <laughs> a corner of the spiritual sky, uh, where it's a, it's a cloud, <laughs> the Mahatattva. Um, yeah, that's the kind of question I'm sure the previous acharyas have addressed. <laughs> not going, not knowing that, I cannot say, but we know the answer. Oh, sorry. Prabhu. In your, in your opinion, what is the purpose, what is the reason that this perfect uh, section of the Bhagavatam is entitled the status quo? Oh, in my opinion, I better not give my opinion. <laughs> as far as I understand, that's a safe way to say it. Um, Bhaktivedanta Thakur named the cantos. Did you, you want to hear that? Yeah. Um, where did I get that? My understanding. Um, I forget, but I, I I've heard that before. You have? No. You have? Okay. But having said that, regardless of who named them, as far as I understand, it wasn't Prabhupada or Bhaktivedanta Bhaktivedanta. I understand it comes from Bhaktivedanta Thakur, but I can't cite. So it's like when you look online to see your bank balance. You know, it says it's already been logged or it's processing. <laughs> it's in, it's in, so I can't say for sure. Um, the status quo. Hmm. I can't even say why it's called the status quo. Except it's, there's a lot about the creation. So that perhaps is a hint. Right? This is the way it is. This is how things like we hear. Brahma. Second canto. Second canto. Particularly about Sarga and Visarga. Sarga, Visarga, and now we're getting more information about Visarga, the secondary. And then, and 
in their campus about the cosmic situation as it is. As it is. Once it's already been established. That's how I take it. Yeah, and then we get more information in the number fifth canto. Yeah, especially about the hellish worlds. Sorry, that's the best I can do. Lochan's asked about court. He was, was he a contemporary of Lochan's time? Um, I have to look back. Was this like references like Chaitanya Manga? Was that the book? Yeah, they were all around that time, but I can't say exactly. Like Mahaprabhu's dates of the, the CE, the coming here, is what, 1486 to 1534. So, uh, yeah. Either contemporary or, or overlapping a little, or just afterward. <laughs> like Kaviraswa Swami, you know. You know, that Mahaprabhu. But just that when he met Mahaprabhu's intimate associates, he was tutored by the Goswamis. So, yeah, I don't know exactly. I have to look it up. But it might be right on my. Because uh, there's another part of the database, it's called the Acharya Folio. You heard of this? It's, um, it's related to the database. And it's. Um, it's Writings of a lot of the previous acharyas that don't really fit into the database, they're not directly, but there's uh, they're some in the database, but then there's a whole other part of the database called the acharya base or the acharya folio, and they have biographies of all the previous, a lot of them. I just can't give you any straight answers today, sorry. <laughs> You're mentioning how this. Chaitanya is inviting the whole world to Mayapur. Yes. And I saw the email that the Kirtan Mayapur is getting 10 million visitors a year already at temples wow. like four years from opening. They're expecting like 16 to 20 million a year after, after it opens in 2021. Well, that's their campaign. What is it called? Something 22. Yeah. So 10 million a year. Yeah, I mean, the people I talk to who are actually working on it say, no way. It's nice to have a campaign. It's nice to, you know, get people going. Because you need that. You know, you need that. It's like we do with our Shandana religious letters. And you got to fire people up. It's not false. But it's just to keep the wheels turning. <laughs> it's like it might be false. Yeah, it's not really. It's just... Uh, so many people there every afternoon. Though. Oh, it's just amazing. Yeah. And it can, on the temple road can only hold 10,000 people. That's not going to be enough, you know. <laughs> okay, it's two minutes to nine. Are we done? I want to welcome our guests. I don't know you folks. You're Robert and you're Lumina Chandini. Yes, where are you from? Nevada. Nevada? Yeah. Do, do, you, do you folks know who's the Yeah. Yeah, we know. Okay, I don't, sorry. She does the trip. Classical Indian dance and Arts performed Arts. at a festival we had at least one. Oh, yeah. cool. Nice. And Robert's been here a few times. He used to live in LA. Okay, okay. tonight we're going to hear about um, what's it called uh, New Year's resolutions, wine dates, and how to keep them. Jai. Jai.